Speaking of World Series, we'll get started there, Sam. Um, John Smoltz said it best. I mean, late in the game, this is kind of what we were hoping to see throughout the whole World Series. And I know it was 5-4 in Game 1, but that was kind of a goofy thing. And it did go extra innings, so there were, but it kind of came on as a, a, out of nowhere. Uh, last night was just a grind. This was the game you want to see. If it, if if it's going to be this way, that throughout all the five nothing leads, like you said, a lot of it's been goofy and wacky. But through all that, these two bullpens have been almost unhittable. It's been the starting pitchers that have that have given up a lot of these runs along the way. So you want to see the best against the best battle it out, and that's what last night was for every little bit from the web gems, couple of home runs along the way. You couldn't have asked for a better start to the game, whether you're a fan of either team or not. I mean, especially if you're not a fan of either team. Because Kyle Schwarber has the the quote of the series after they lose game four and then starts it out uh, with a home run against Justin Verlander. Yeah, to equalize the game. Because Astros did manufacture a run in the top of the first. And actually, Philly might have been a little bit fortunate to get uh, to get out of there with only giving up one run. But uh, yeah, the answer by Schwarber... Uh, that was what they needed uh, to just trigger that those fans. And, you know, it was a loss, but the fans delivered like we heard that they would. And uh, really, it's a credit to the Astros. We'll give, get into more about uh, the credit the Astros deserve. Uh, but here is the call on that Schwarber um, bottom of the first leadoff, hotel, uh, leadoff home run as heard here uh, with Dan Schulman. Here's the 0-1 now from Verlander. Another high fastball, and it's ripped to right and gone! Kyle Schwarber gets a hold of a high fastball and laces it into the seats in right to tie the game. Yeah, and uh, that's what they needed because they had just had an entire game without a hit, and then the first batter for the Phillies able to get the home run, and uh, just you know it, it turned into a really a, a pitching duel primarily based on bullpens. Right. A- again, as we had seen throughout the series, and then just based on the way the game played out, it was more magnified. It was the game that you know because it's one thing to talk about how good these bullpens have been if you're just looking at final scores, but you really got to see it last night. But I mean again, just it was it was just for that moment to play out the way that it did because remember it's been talked about Phillies don't have a lot of World Series experience except for Kyle Schwarber. He's on that Cubs team and Kyle Schwarber was that feel good story on that Cubs team uh, too. He had uh, gotten this really bad injury, misses most of the season, comes back for that Cubs fans go nuts. That's what Philly needed last night, but what we got ultimately was the reminder that the odds were correct in putting Houston the way that they did. Well, and let's also uh, go back to Verlander, who gave up that home run. He was faced with uh, you know, difficult spots, and Dusty stuck with him, and man, you know, the way that everything turned out, because there were like third, fourth, fifth innings or somewhere in there where, you know, the bases were loaded once. He was able to get out of it. Schwarber, in fact, um, you know, he got out of tough moments and really he needed that for his career because all anybody wanted to talk about is here's this 
great, one of the best pitchers in the last 25 years, yet he's been horrendous in the World Series. He overcame that last night, okay? He won't get another shot uh, at pitching, I don't think. You never know. In Game 7, they might bring him in, you know, depending on situations. We've seen that happen before for an inning or two. But anyway, um, if the series... However the series ends, even if he doesn't make another appearance, uh, the last taste in his mouth will, will be a very good outing last night. And battling through it, that's where you want Justin Verlander in there, and that's where you you really don't have a choice. You just have to trust that Justin Verlander is going to find whatever that's inside him that makes him Justin Verlander, because there were multiple of these at-bats where Philly's fighting it off. Nick Castellanos is known for not taking pitches, and you have a couple different times where he's going through eight, ten pitch at-bats and just grinding and grinding away, and... There's Justin Verlander finally. I mean, certainly for him to get the win and to have that conversation off of his back, but just as much as that, to really see, especially if it is, you know, because we love the storybook stuff in sports. If that's the last time you see Justin Verlander pitch for the Astros, he comes out on top in this in this big, big battle with Castellanos. Yeah, and they talk about, you know, what it's going to take to win in postseason, and they usually say pitching and defense, and uh, and that's not the case as much as it was in the old days. Let's face it, I mean, the Phillies had five home runs the other night, but last night... It was, was the epitome. It, it was the epitome of, of pitching and defense, because th- there were three amazing... well. Two amazing plays. I mean, Jeremy Pena, the shortstop for Houston. We'll talk about him in a second because he's on his way to winning the the American League or the World Series MVP. I mean, it'll be just twenty four years of age. But uh, you know the 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 plays that they made in addition. Uh, a ball hit down the first baseline. The one that was in the gap, and we've got the highlights of those. But um, anyway, it was pitching. It was defense. And now Houston, whose back was up against the wall, down in the series two to one, now have the three two lead with two more games at home. And we're kind of doing that same thing again here with Houston that we've done the last few times when they won it in seventeen. When they get back there last year, where you know, there, there's still if there is still any of this moral conundrum with Houston. We were still doing that at the time of, you know, you want to be happy for Dusty Baker, or you're in our case, you want to be happy for Alex Bregman, and now there's another, uh, now there's a, a couple more guys to add to that list. Justin Verlander is going to be on there as well, but maybe no more than Trey Mancini. You know, a, a guy who was a star for his old team, which happened to be the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> no, he's he's a happy uh, camper there. And the way uh, that Mancini made that uh, that play, I mean, it was all due to the fact that he was holding Bryce Harper on at first. Um, and there was some thought that maybe Harper was going to try to swipe you know, a bag there. If he had, he wouldn't have been on the line like he was. And that ball's down the into the right field corner. Okay, I mentioned Jeremy Pena. Uh, you know, not only did Schwarber hit a home run, but Pena hit a solo shot in the fourth to give the Astros a 2-1 lead. 2-2 two two the count as Pena lifts one in the air to left field. It's hit pretty well. Schwarber's back at the wall and will watch it go. Jeremy Pena lofts one into the seats in left for a home run, and the Astros go on top 2-1. to one. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> well, and what's interesting about that, too, is it went from... Quiet at times, like the whole you know the whole game four while Houston's going through that no hitter, it's quiet in there. That's the other side of how electric things are in Philly. They love you until they don't, and when they don't, 
That's when the booze come out. And even in the fourth inning like that. Yeah, and the Pena could care less and it just got, you know, the Astros. Oh, not for Pena, more for the Phil yeah, for the Phillies part of it. Like Yeah, well, yeah, that they were down two one. Yeah. But um anyway, okay. We're talking about these defensive gems. Uh in the eighth inning, um you had Schwarber up, I you know, and, and runners on first and third, and uh he's uh he just rips a hundred mile an hour ball off the bat. Down the first baseline, as you mentioned, uh, Trey Mancini with a web gem. Here's the call. The 1-2 to Schwarber with the runner going hit down to first. Wow. And a great stop by Mancini. And he stands up and steps on the bag. That ball was ripped. But Mancini with a tough short hop right in front of the base. And then stepped on the bag for an enormous out for the Houston Astros. Woo. So the runner was going. Had the runner gone on a previous pitch or two, now again you have him on second base and uh, no way that Mancini is guarding the line that closely and that ball gets down into the right field corner. But okay, uh, then to put a cherry on top of uh, the Astros' defensive gems all night, um, Chaz McCormick in the ninth inning uh, makes a play that definitely uh, saves a double and let's face it, it was more than likely a triple. One and one the count. And the next pitch swung on and hit in the air to right center. This ball's tagged pretty well. And back at the wall, jumping and making the catch is Chaz McCormick. Up into the scoreboard in right center. He makes a remarkable leaping catch. And the kid from Westchester, Pennsylvania, just broke the hearts of tons of Philly fans with an extraordinary play. Kid's going to have a highlight reel for the rest of his life. The guts that he showed, I mean, I know it's a World Series and you're going to play all out, but I mean, you know, no matter how many times you practice balls that are hit to the wall, I mean, it's another thing to go in to the wall like McCormick did. And, man, it was just like uh, Dan Schulman said, remarkable. No, it was. The ups that he had to get to time that, to get it, knowing you're going to hit the wall. The hit the wall part of it, it's the World Series. You don't you know, you're you're gonna make the catch if it means, you know, whatever, if you hurt your elbow or whatever, you're gonna make the catch. But that's where even for guys that don't necessarily have all the experience, because remember coming in, one of the reasons the Astros had the advantage, they've been to six straight championship series, they've been to three World Series in the last six years, they have all this experience. Even if some guys on the team don't have all that, just being around a team that does gives you a little bit more confidence within yourself to make that play because not every center fielder is even going to try it. I mean, I'm sure there are some guys out there that you know, you're just going to play that you, you watch it, you see the angle on it, maybe you just want to play it off the wall, hold on to this lead that you have, but that's man, that that that's the stuff of legends. That's the stuff that makes these World Series so memorable. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the ninth inning's uh, always going to be more dramatic, but I'm just telling you, this, the Mancini play, uh, not only being positioned where he was, where that ball was going, and the short hop. Well, actually, Eduardo Perez, um, he talked uh, about, and he put in perspective, that play uh, that Mancini made. And, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking, okay, this is a guy that has not played first base since October 5th. All of a sudden, he goes out there, and makes an unbelievable play on a line drive, hit short of 100 miles per hour, picks it, ends the inning with that one. And then you go to center field the next inning, and Chaz McCormick. But that's the emphasis there. He hadn't played first base in a month. No, and the only reason he was there was because of the collision that 
Guriel had gotten into down the third base line. And right. Was, you know, so, I mean, yeah, it was just a, a variety of things that, that came in came. as a sub, not warmed up, hadn't played the position in a month, and all of it just comes together. All right, here's Dusty Baker, who's seen a lot of a lot of uh, great plays in his day on the catch by Chaz McCormick. First, I say, oh, no, stay in the park. And then I, I was saying, man, I hope it's not too high off the wall because that's a double and maybe a triple with real Muto running. And especially tough uh, because, um, you know, we've been trying to play the caroms of the wall here and you don't really know as a visiting team, you know, and I saw him on that inside the Parker, you know, against the Braves. And, uh, I mean, it takes some funny bounces out there. So I was just, uh, I mean, you know, he's always, um, Cormac's always bragged about his basketball skills. <laughs> and so I guess I got to believe him. No doubt about it. It would have been interesting the way that, you know, Dusty Baker's talking about the caroms there and, you know, busy, being a visiting team. Not only that, being a visiting team from a, another league. So who knows how often the Astros have played at Citizens Bank Park over the last couple of years. So anyway, how much fun would it have been, though, uh, Sam, for that ball to f- somehow have found that fence and, you know, see where it was going to rattle around and, and see, you know, uh, see these guys run? Yeah, that, that dude's an imposing catcher I mean you think about you know so you, know, you think about catchers there's nothing about especially watching him at the plate I mean certainly watching him run around the bases but even when he's just standing in the batter's box there's nothing about JT Real Muto that looks like a catcher but he but yeah a, a, a doubles a guarantee triple maybe and again we're talking about you take these chances in the World Series maybe he goes for it again like he did earlier in the playoffs and that's what makes you know, as an out as a neutral observer it's what you love about these 